Hey there, this is the Queen of Extreme Francine. I am here today to let you know that you need to go and check out this very cool podcast that is happening right now. It's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, and it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, three days a week. It's amazing. And on Wednesdays, Wednesdays are really special because Edwin Melendez, he reviews ECW Hardcore TV and sometimes he even talks about yours truly. So you need to go and you need to look up this podcast. Again, it's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And please tell them that the Queen of Extreme Francine sent you. Welcome, everybody, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, episode 266. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Today, we have a super stacked show. We're going to be talking about both the November 10th episode and the November 19th, no, 17th episode, 1997, of WWE Raw is War. Before we get into that, I hope everyone had a great weekend. I hope everybody is ready for the holidays. It fucking came out of nowhere. It's literally this weekend. Um... Real quick, before we get into the show, I want to announce that we won't be having a show this Friday because of the holidays. So expect the next Ring of Honor review to come on uh, next Friday. And also, add as an added twist, we'll be bringing back the Impact Wrestling Reviews for that too. So next Friday, we'll be talking about Ring of Honor Night of Appreciation, as well as the next episode of TNA in the Asylum Years. So tune in for that. It's going to be a very awesome episode um, before we get into this episode, though, make sure you hit that subscribe button here on the Circle Debate YouTube channel. Make sure you follow on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod and at Circle of Debate. Follow on TikTok at Circle of Debate and follow on Twitter at Circle of Debate and W underscore DeLorean Pod. We appreciate all our fans from all over the world. This has been, even though I was off two weeks with COVID, this has been our most downloaded 
fucking month. And that is of all time. So I want to give a big shout out to everybody from all over the world, all the wrestling DeLorean passengers, all the great debaters. Thank you so much for making this month the most downloaded month of all time for the wrestling DeLorean podcast. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Without you, there is no me. Also got to give a big shout out to our sponsors at manscaped.com. Home of the manscape. <laughs> Home of the lawnmower, home of the weed whacker. And with Christmas literally a couple of days away, what better last minute gift than to get your man or yourself, treat yourself, get yourself a Manscaped product. And when you go on Manscaped, make sure you put in the promo code DeLorean, capital D-E-L-O-R-E-A-N for 20% off site-wide, no matter where, no matter what, no matter how much, you'll be getting 20% off putting the promo code DeLorean and you will get that discount. So today, like I said, we're going to be talking about WWF Monday Night Raw from 1997, November 10th, the, the fallout of the most controversial night in WWE history, the Montreal Screwjob, and the week after where we will be talking about Monday Night Raw is war from November 17th, 1997, Got a lot to talk about, a lot of opinions on these shows, so I can't wait to get into it. So let's cut the chit-chat, and let's start the shit right now. So let's talk about the November 10th, 1997 episode. Like I said, this is the this is the, um, the fallout of the Montreal Screwjob. The night before, you know what I mean? Shout out to Tim King. He was... On here, he was reviewing the uh, Survivor Series 1997 with me. The night before was the big controversy of Bret Hart getting screwed and then spitting on Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels walking out in Montreal as your new WWE or WWF at the time, World Heavyweight Champion. So we're still in Canada and Shawn Michaels is without a doubt public enemy number one coming into this venue. But we got all the fallout. We see a little video package of what went down with the Montreal screw job. And start off, there's a bunch of uh, Bret Hart signs, Bret Hart chants. Um, the DX music hits and out comes Rick Rude. He starts off the show and he's basically here to rub it in everybody's face that Shawn Michaels is the greatest WWF champion of all time. And this obviously is not going to get a positive reaction from the crowd. The crowd is eating this shit up. They fucking were booing the shit out of uh, Rick Rude. They were booing the shit out of the DX music. He big ups Shawn Michaels, and then he brings him out. The crowd is chanting bullshit. Uh, Shawn Michaels comes out with the rest of DX, and the crowd is just going after him. We want Brett. Uh, there was a lot of homo. Phobic chants that were chanted at Shawn Michaels' direction, which I cannot repeat here. Um, it was a different time, ladies and gentlemen. It was definitely a different time. So a lot of shit that was said back then cannot be said today. But, um, and rightfully so. But a lot of fucking harsh chants at the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Anyway, Shawn Michaels says that he drove Bret Hart out of the WWF and says that he heard Bret Hart give up last night. Everyone's saying that Bret didn't give up. He heard Bret Hart give up. And he ran his ass down south with the rest of the dinosaurs like Hulk Hogan, like Macho Man, like Ric Flair. And he said the two guys that are not dinosaurs, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, 
trust me, when you get down to WCW, they'll whip your ass too because they're down with the click. Anyway, this brings out Ken Shamrock, who I talked about here on the show with Tim how Ken Shamrock had a you know, a right to a WWF title match, beating both Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels before the Survivor Series pay-per-view. So rightfully so, he is announced as your new number one contender, and he will be getting a world heavyweight title shot at In Your House DX. Ken Shamrock comes out and he says that all of DX, including Rick Rude, they are a bunch of disgraces to the human race. He says that China is a man and he wants a title shot right now. He calls Rick Rude an old man. And Shawn Michaels says, well, this old man and whatever China is can knock you the hell out, Ken. Triple H then says that he could beat Ken Shamrock's ass any day of the week, which leads to Commissioner Slaughter coming out and making a WWF title match, like I said, for the pay-per-view in your house, DX. It will be Shawn Michaels versus the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. And then he says, as for tonight, since Triple H wants to run his mouth and say he could beat Ken Shamrock's ass, it will be... Ken Shamrock versus Triple H in the main event. So there we go. Main event table is set. We got that later on tonight. Opening matchup, we have Mark Miro with Sable. He goes against Ahmed Johnson. This was a quick little back and forth matchup. Ahmed Johnson, he's starting to get a little bigger here, and he's starting to slow down. Um, Mark Miro, his whole character right now is he's, you know, this competitive wrestler. He's a former Golden Glove boxer, but he is jealous of all the attention that Sable's getting. So right now, with that being the storyline, he's more focused on the fans looking at Sable. And one fan that was in attendance front row was boxer Butterbean, who supposedly made eyes for Sable, which leads to Mark Merrill getting fed up. He goes for the TKO on Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson pushes Mark Merrill off. And because he's just fed up and wants to go to Sable and find out why she's looking at the crowd, he doesn't really care about this matchup. He hits the low blow on Ahmed Johnson to get disqualified on purpose. This is not the last we see of Mark Miro on the show, by the way. We have the next round of the light heavyweight championship tournament. It is Taka Mishinoku versus Devin Storm. Uh, really cool to see Crowbar, one of my favorite WCW wrestlers, Crowbar. He's here on the WWF at this time. He looks totally different than what you would expect. Uh, Crowbar, who is still active, by the way. I also think he he's uh, a physical therapist or some shit like that. But shout out to Crowbar. He's always been very, um, very athletic, very talented, and very underrated. But Takami Shinoku versus Devin Storm here, really good matchup. Brian Christopher's on commentary. It's obvious that the tournament's going to come down to Takami Shinoku and Brian Christopher, being that that is the two people that they have on each side of the bracket, and they've been feuding with each other. So it's kind of obvious who the main event will be. Um, yeah, Brian Christopher interferes, which leads to Taka Michinoku hitting the Michinoku driver on Devin Storm. And then he hit a crazy ass dive to the outside on Brian Christopher. So Taka Michinoku ends this segment standing tall. This was a really good matchup. I enjoyed it. Good athleticism by Taka Michinoku and Devin Storm. So definitely one that you want to check out. Um, really good matchup. Next, we had a bunkhouse brawl which is a matchup that was created by the American Dream, Justy Rhodes, baby. And this was... Nah, it went maybe like five minutes. And that's a lot. It, it probably went like three minutes. First of all, the New Age Outlaws took out Barry Windham or Blackjack Windham in the back. 
So it was a two-on-one handicap matchup as the New Age Outlaws went against Bradshaw. Uh, the New Age Outlaws got their ass kicked by Bradshaw, who beat the living shit out of both Billy Gunn and Road Dog for the three minutes in the, the, this matchup. And then the New Age Outlaws, they hit a long blow, a low blow onto uh, Bradshaw for the victory. Why make this a bunkhouse brawl? That, that, that's my only question. If you're going to have a quick little matchup that ends with a low blow, which is the second match that ends with a low blow tonight, why give the stipulation of bunkhouse brawl? Why not give the stipulation of this is just a no DQ match? Why does it have to be a bunkhouse brawl? When you hear bunkhouse brawl, you're expecting a real gritty hardcore fight. You don't expect a three-minute squash. Anyway, we have another sit-down with Double J, Jeff Jarrett, Ivan's favorite wrestler. <laughs> and uh, they basically play a word association with Jeff Jarrett, which I don't get also because most of the names that were asked, and Jeff Jarrett was being very candid. It was very real. This is a shoot. Most of the names that JR asked for the word association against uh, for uh, Jeff Jarrett were names on the other channel. They were WCW names. He asks about... He asks about uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Jeff Jarrett says Macho Man Randy Savage is the hardest working wrestler in the business. He asks about Hulk Hogan. He says the most popular wrestler in the business. He asks about Ric Flair. He says my idol. He asks about Stone Cold Steve Austin. He says, oh, he's a one, he's a one move wonder. All right, so what is the point of this? Why air this if you're going to promote the wrestlers in WCW and talk shit about the wrestlers in the WWF? If I'm a casual viewer and I know that on the other channel, you just said the hardest working wrestler of all time is on there. Your idol is on that show and the most popular wrestler is on that show. Why am I watching the show with the guy who's a one move wonder? Just doesn't make sense. It, it literally felt so weird that they were promoting WCW wrestlers and talking shit about the WWF wrestlers. I don't know. This is where a shoot could go wrong. Anyway, Michael Cole's in the ring. He brings in Butterbean, who's in the front row, and he wants to interview Butterbean. Out comes Mark Miro. I told you this is not the last we see of Mark Miro. Mark Miro interrupts and says that he is a real boxer, unlike Butterbean. He says that, you know, I saw you looking for uh, Sable. I saw you looking at Sable, and that's not going to fly. Keep your eyes to yourself. And if he wanted to, he could knock out Butterbean in a boxing match four rounds or less. So Butterbean says bring it on. So that is a developing story between Butterbean and Mark Miro. Um, I forgot that Butterbean was even here at this time. I thought that the first we see a Butterbean in the WWF was when he knocked out Bart Gunn at the Brawl for All at WrestleMania 15. But apparently not. Butterbean is going to be feuding with Mark Miro. We got a pretty eh match between the Truth Commission and the DOA. Like, I'm not a fan of the DOA. I'm not a fan of the Truth Commission. Really cool to see Don Callis, but... The rest of this was pretty eh. New Intercontinental Champion Stone Cold Steve Austin makes his way to the ring. Now, this is, you know, what I want to see. He comes out and he says that, you know, Michael Cole, you're not going to conduct this. You're not going to conduct this interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He grabs the mic and says that Stone Cold Steve Austin has something to say and he doesn't need someone to hold the mic for him. He says that he is the toughest son of a bitch in the WWF and nobody's going to stop him now that he got his ultimate revenge on Owen Hart and he's your new IC champion. He says that whoever wants a title shot, make yourself known because you will just get dropped just like Owen Hart. 
Out comes Rocky Maivia, who says that he wants a shot as Stone Cold Steve Austin's intercontinental, intercontinental champion, and then says if Steve Austin has the manhood, then he would accept the challenge. Stone Cold accepts the challenge, and The Rock says, well, not tonight. Also, Rocky Maivia, he referred to himself as The Rock, which is the first time, if I'm not mistaken, that he's ever done that. So this is a pretty monumental moment being that he's transitioning from Rocky Maivia to the rock. And also I'm, I'm a big fan of the young rock sitcom on uh, NBC. And I like how just recently he was talking about it on the episode. The episode was about him transitioning to the rock. I think that's really cool that I just saw that episode and then I'm watching this and it literally happens on TV. So really cool moment for me, but definitely awesome to see, Young Rock versus Young Stone Cold. You know, the biggest feud in WWE history, in my opinion, is Stone Cold and The Rock. The two biggest names in WWE history is Stone Cold and The Rock. So I think that this is really awesome that we're starting to get the seeds planted for the feud that I remember as one of the greatest feuds of my childhood. So definitely awesome. Next matchup, we have The Undertaker versus Kama Mustafa, the elite fighting machine. Undertaker, quick hits a choke slam on Kama, but out comes Kane and Paul Bear. They will stop at nothing, Paul Bear says, until Undertaker accepts Kane's challenge and faces his brother one-on-one -on -one in the ring. Undertaker grabs the mic and reiterates that he will never face his own flesh and blood. And then Paul Bear says then they're going to keep on tormenting Undertaker until he makes the match happen. Main event time, we have the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock versus Triple H. Uh, quickly into the matchup, the referee is knocked down. DX interferes in this matchup, which leads to Sergeant Slaughter coming out and trying to well, trying to eject DX from ringside. Um, and then, very weirdly, I'm looking on Peacock and I'm seeing that time is running out. The match continues, and mid-match, the show goes off the air. And I'm like, what the fuck? The show goes off the air and we don't even know who won? That is horrible timing by the WWF to have their show run so past that the viewers at home don't even see who wins the matchup. And it's also why I said I have to go on to the next night, well, the next week, November 17th, 1997, and talk about what happened on Raw because I don't want my fans here on the Wrestling Delorean Podcast to not know what happened. So we're going to move on to November 17th, 1997, where the show starts out with the fallout of what happened. And basically what happened is Ken Shamrock beats Triple H with a belly-to-belly -belly suplex, and then he hits the belly-to-belly -belly suplex on Shawn Michaels and then goes for a mock pin, one, two, three. If this was the match at in your house, Ken Shamrock would be your new WWF champion. Um, Really cool that they showed what happened, but really stupid that WWF didn't actually have this on the show last week when the match happened, but still whatever. Raw opens up with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He makes his way to the ring. He says that if he wants, if they want The Rock to get his ass whipped tonight, then give him a hell yeah. The whole crowd says hell yeah. This is one of the first times I hear Stone Cold do the hell yeah thing. Uh, he tells Rocky to bring his sorry ass to the ring right now and let's get it on. Out comes the entire nation of domination. But The Rock leaves as Farouk, Kama, and D'Lo Brown rush the ring and start to fight off Stone Cold. Stone Cold fights all three men off. And while he's fighting these men off, The Rock sneaks back into the ring, grabs the IC title, and leaves with the belt. He stole the Intercontinental Championship 
from Stone Cold Steve Austin. They say possession is nine-tenths of the law, and at this current moment, The Rock is holding the IC champion. He's not the IC champion, but he's holding the IC champion. It's announced that later tonight we will hear the truth behind what happened with Bret Hart and Vince McMahon at Survivor Series. So this is where we get the famous sit down with Bret the well famous sit down with Vince McMahon where he gives the whole Bret screw Bret speech. Um, we see Butterbean is in the front row once again, which leads to Mark Miro coming out for his matchup with Jerry the King Lawler. Very weird matchup, being that both guys were heels at the time. Um, Mark Miro, he he wins the matchup pretty quickly. This is a, basically a squash. No, the king the king deserves better than that. But anyway, he goes to uh, Sable hits Jerry the King Lawler with a whip, and then Mark Miro then scolds Sable about getting involved in his matches. Now we got part one of the sit down with Jr. and Vince McMahon. Uh, this is the, like I said, this is the infamous Brett screwed Brett sit down. So Vince says that he didn't want to lose Brett, he but he he had no choice. He said that he didn't want to lose Brett, but he wasn't paying off from a financial point of view, and that he he wants to be the first to congratulate Bret Hart on the contract that he got for WCW. He said that when Brett originally told Vince that he was going to go to WCW, the first person to congratulate him was Vince McMahon. He said congratulations on getting the largest contract he believes any wrestler ever got. He then says that he's very disappointed that Brett hit him backstage after the show. And he said that he's very disappointed that Brett destroyed a lot of the WWE production equipment. He says that he allowed Brett to strike him, but if they ever got face-to-face again, he will not allow Brett to strike him. And he wants to have a sit-down with Bret Hart so they could discuss this like gentlemen. But if that does not happen, he is considering taking legal action because Bret Hart basically assaulted him. They say part two of this sit-down interview will happen later tonight. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Next, we have the next matchup of the night. It is Los Boricuas versus the New Age Outlaws. Once again, this did not last long because the match is thrown out mid-match because the rest of the Los Barricuas jumped the New Age Outlaws four on two. I thought the New Age Outlaws were the heels. I don't know why they're trying to build them up as baby faces now. It, it makes no sense. They're a heel one week, and then you have them getting jumped by the Los Barricuas. We get a special look at Ken Shamrock's career in the UFC and his early career in the WWE here, which is cool because they're really big enough Ken Shamrock as a viable challenge for Shawn Michaels at In Your House Degeneration X. Next, the headbangers come out there, set for a matchup, but then out comes Kane, who comes out and hits a monster's chokeslam on Mosh, and it hits a big tombstone on Thrasher. Paul Bear gets on the mic and once again reiterates that they will stop at nothing until Undertaker faces his brother in the ring one-on-one. DX make their way to the ring and what's it called? Shawn Michaels says that he is ready to take out the world's most puny man at the pay-per-view. Sergeant Slaughter comes out. He says that he wants respect. Triple H threatens him. He says that Sergeant Slaughter, his, his old lady isn't satisfied with Sergeant Slaughter's privates. He then says that if anything, if Sergeant Slaughter keeps getting in DX business, Triple H will then go to Sergeant Slaughter's house and satisfy his wife for him, which leads to Sergeant Slaughter punching Triple H and then DX jumping the commissioner, Sergeant Slaughter. So 
I mean, Sergeant Slaughter as a man had to strike Triple H for that stupid ass remark, but the DX just took out the commissioner of the WWF. There's got to be, you know, some type of action or repercussions for this. Anyway, we have the next round of the light heavyweight tournament matchup. It is Scott Taylor, a.k.a. Scotty Too Hottie. He's going against a guy I never heard of before, Eric Shelley. No relations to Alex Shelley. Uh, during the matchup, Jeff Jarrett joins via telephone. He announces that he will return to WWF action for the first time in two years next week on Monday Night Raw. Um, solid matchup. Scott Taylor wins the matchup. He advances to the next round. Out comes Mark Miro, who's getting a lot of TV time as of late. This is four segments and two shows. He challenges Butterbean to a boxing match at In Your House, Degeneration X. So we're going to be getting Butterbean, boxing sensation, versus Mark Miro. We then get part two of the sit-down with Vince McMahon and JR. JR asks if Bret Hart is ever welcomed back in the WWE, and Vince says that he would need an apology from Bret Hart first. He would need Bret Hart to say... I got lost in the moment. I did not mean to strike you. But if Bret Hart does all that, then yes, he will be allowed back in the WWF. As this is ending, we get Sergeant Slaughter, who's back in the ring, and says that he wants Triple H in a matchup. He says Triple H is scum. He calls him a maggot. He calls him slime, and he says that he's not the commissioner. He is the man, Sergeant Slaughter, and he wants Triple H at In Your House Degeneration X in a camp, uh, a boot camp match. So I believe there was one other boot camp match in wrestling history is between Sergeant Slaughter and the Iron Sheik. So this would be the second boot camp match between Triple H and Sergeant Slaughter. Should be very interesting. Uh, main event time, we got Rocky Maivia versus Dude Love. Match is thrown out when the nation jumps Dude Love. So many fuck finishes, so many DQ finishes. The last two shows, I think that maybe there was like one or two actual finishes to a match. And then the match that we actually had a finish, they went off the air and didn't actually show the finish. So that's the one thing that I'm not enjoying about Raw. The matches are not the main part. Like it's all storyline, it's all character development, but then the matches always get thrown out. And then you get to the pay-per-view, and then the matches are getting thrown out there, too. So WWF as a whole at this point needs to give more finishes to their matches because it's a little, you know, it's whack to see a DQ finish for every single match. But nonetheless, the Nation of Domination come in. They jump Dude Love, which leads to Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out. He chases The Rock. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Dude Love take out the rest of the Nation of Domination as The Rock retreats, still holding the IC Championship. So we go off the air with The Rock still holding the title that he did not earn and Stone Cold Steve Austin losing his mind and wanting to beat The Rock's ass in the worst way. Overall, character development and storyline for the last two shows, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but the matches left a lot to be desired. Um, I enjoyed this Raw, though. Like, nonetheless, it was still fun to sit through and reminisce about some of these times. It was fun to see the episode of The Young Rock where The Rock is talking about turning into The Rock. And that we see it play out here in real life on the uh, Raw's War episode from November 10th, 1997. I thoroughly enjoyed this. But yeah, I mean, I hope everyone had a good time reminiscing with me as I went back in time and talking about these two episodes of Monday Night Raw. Uh, make sure you check out Monday Night Raw in the actual time tonight. Uh, it should be a good holiday edition of Monday Night Raw. 
Um, we're going to be, like I said, we're going to be back here on Wednesday with the ECW Hardcore TV review, but then we're going to be taking off Friday and I'll be back on Monday with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Also catch me Thursday here on the Circle Debate for Circle Debate episode 140. You don't want to miss that. I will catch you guys on Wednesday. I love you guys. Stay strong, stay safe, stay positive. One love. Enjoy your holidays. And thank you again for making this the most downloaded month in Wrestling DeLorean podcast history. I love you guys. Take care. Thank you.